Well, well, well. <laughs> Welcome once again to another episode of The Horus. Uh, I'm your host, Walter. Joining me as always, my dear friend, Kevin. Hello, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing good. I have electricity. I have that's, running water. That's I've great. S- I mean... So far, survived the ice apocalypse or ice mageddon or whatever people are calling it here in Fairbanks. Yeah, things things we often take for granted. Uh, you you've been without today, so it's it's nice to hear that you're doing all right. Uh, I think the surprisingly the hardest thing today was the a tree fell down and hit a power line in my neighborhood, and the power line fell across my driveway, so I couldn't leave. And so my wife was just stuck at work and I couldn't go and pick her up. And I was just like sitting there. I was like, I miss my wife. I can't wait for my <laughs> wife to come home. What a fucking so that nerd. was that was the real struggle today. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're recording this a few days after Christmas. How was how was your holiday, my dear friend? Good. Um, we didn't have electricity on Christmas either. It was great. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I went to a family member's house and they were cooking and the power went off in the middle of them cooking. And so we all just sat around their house uh, with candles for lights. We had a nice candlelit evening. And four hours after we got there, the power came back on. And we got to finish cooking dinner and eat. (laughs) Dinner was fantastic. I I bet at that point. (laughs) Um, The ambiance was great. Very gothic. Yeah. Or or for... for our Zoomer listeners out there, we could say dark academia. I think that's the thing Zoomers like these days. Is, is that? Yeah, it's like a Harry Potter aesthetic where it's like all candlelits oh. and okay. stones and a lot of neckties. Man, Hogwarts is such a fire hazard. They're all wearing cloaks and like loose-fitting sweaters and shit, and it's just floating candles at eye level. Yeah, and uh, you know, as we've seen in the other Harry Potter movies, the wizards really don't like to use their magic to save people no, the jews sure during the holocaust they're just like yeah, look just let it go we can't step it just let it we gotta let go. this happen yeah we're dealing just with like, our own kind of wizard hitler well it's just like the eternals that's another one where they're just like look this the nazis bad vibes but we are not going to do anything to <laughs> stop off. it yeah yeah <laughs> um but we need to use nuclear weapons on japan that's something we gotta do <laughs> That's superheroes okay with superhero movies recently have been coming out a lot of l's yeah. uh, in terms of the heroes actually somehow aiding nazis it's kind of <laughs> weird so we have decided to return to tradition and go back to blade 2 that's right Keep maybe them. one of the maybe one of the earliest marvel movies this one again i didn't yeah, kind of I didn't see the Marvel, like, the, they do the comic book. Man, I've said this right. so many times. The flips, they do the yeah. comic book page flip, and I don't see that in this movie. I don't think it was in this one, no. Yeah, this, and this was 2002, so uh, Spider-Man's come out by this point. X-Men's come out by this point. So, yeah, I think they, it just hadn't been adopted yet. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this, boy, I just got to say it right up front, love this movie. There are so many little things in this movie to love and appreciate. Have, have you been deceiving me this whole time? Because our... our this is I was prepared for a heated debate um I hmm. so I, I think when I watched it because I watched this this fall and discovered that I had never seen it until this oh, really? fall maybe the versions I had seen were like the shot the edited for TV ones because there were a whole bunch of scenes in it that I don't remember yeah when I watched it in the fall time and now that I'm very familiar with the trilogy <laughs> yeah. and I'm doing my rewatch of the Blade trilogy which <laughs> might become an annual thing at this point <laughs> 
Uh, now that I'm rewatching the Blade trilogy, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I really liked, and we'll we'll go through some of those specific scenes. But uh, I really like the kind of dueling paternal aspects of the film. They have mm-hmm. like Nomak and his dad. I'm going to butcher his dad's name here. Uh, oh yeah, Damascenus. Sure, something like that. We'll call him Vampire Daddy. How's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Vampire um, Daddy. Yeah, so Vampire Dad I don't know why and like his that. son Nomak, and then you have Blade and Whistler, yeah. and so it's like two different, you know, kind of paternal yeah. near images of each other there. I thought that was really cool. I like that Nomak, his characterization, his character arc, I thought was really cool. There's there's a lot of stuff to appreciate in this. Idea. Yeah, I this, uh, this movie is directed by Guillermo del Toro, who... I knew you were going to mention it. Yeah, I, I, he might be my favorite director. I'm a big fan of a lot of his movies, and the first time I saw this, I was a little disappointed in it. I probably, I'd probably seen this twice before, and just it never quite clicked for me. And I always kind of figured it or saw it as his weakest film. And I don't know uh, if I just had like the shittiest Christmas on uh, Santa brought me COVID for Christmas. I should mention. Um, so I was down and locked alone in the basement for a while and not looking forward to watching this movie. But after watching it, oh man, this this was the cure for my, my COVID blues. I really thoroughly enjoyed this watch. It's Maybe it's because I've seen Blade 1 too many times, but at this point, it's it's edged it out for me. This is my new favorite. I think it's clear that Del Toro really loved working on this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of things in it that, to me, signify that like he wanted to take his time and he was taking the movie seriously, and he wasn't like, "Look, guys, twenty dollars is twenty dollars," <laughs> you know. Yeah. Once they buy the ticket, it's done. We got them. No, it's yeah. He he's definitely put some care, and this is. I mean, this is one of his earliest American movies. I think maybe his second, and so he's like swinging for the fences on it. Like he wants it to be uh, his a bit of his calling card, and it open some doors for him for sure something else that i thought as well is del toro got to work with two of his favorite action stars or action actors yeah uh, i can't yeah we'll just say action actors i don't know yeah it sounds goofy but he got to work with donnie yen mm-hmm. who he really enjoys working with and who choreographed some of the fight scenes in this movie and he got to work with wesley snipes and wesley choreographed a lot of the fight scenes in this movie because wesley snipes is a specific action style or fighting style in the films he's in and i think you can really tell when directors let wesley choreograph a fight scene it has a it just it's got a style you yeah. can't it's it's the wesley snipes fight style yeah i think I, of how he gets filmed i know how you, what you mean like the the kicks are very distinct and, and just like the, the mm-hmm. way he moves with it it's it's a little bit like he's kind of planted in place and people come at him but he's still doing very impressive stuff and something in this movie that we'll get to later on that really sticks out is there's a lot of wrestling moves in it. There sure is, yeah. There's there's the German suplex at the or not the German suplex, but the suplex at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then there's at the last fight scene with Nomak, yes. Nomak like jumps off the wall and does like a flying elbow. <laughs> like move. fifty foot flying elbow drop, yeah. 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 So this awesome. I, yeah, this movie rules. And right away I think the movie it Right away, I feel like the movie keeps you off balance. You get the blood bank that's mm-hmm. open at night, apparently, yeah. and it just by and jars. it's guarded. <laughs> yeah, and it's guarded by Nazis, and it's like I think the movie does a good job right away of letting you know that like this is a fantasy setting. Yeah, like in in 
why would a blood bank be open at night in the real world? <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand <laughs> it's Prague, vampires, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand it's Prague, and like Prague is a weird city. It's one of those you know former Soviet bloc countries that probably all kinds of shady stuff happens. But I can't imagine that. I feel like even the Soviets are like it's a blood bank. It doesn't need to be open at nighttime. <laughs> I feel like it's not really following any health guidelines, guys. What, what, what do you mean we can't investigate? What? Why is this whole room being sprayed down? Why is it, why was it covered in blood? So is there anything about the kind of opening few minutes you want to talk about aside from just kind of the opening establishing shot of like there's the new mm-hmm. monster that hunts vampires, yeah, weird blood in bank. Town, in town. I did really like the the opening i thought was kind of a creepy and a cool introduction uh i especially liked the when they it looks like they're gonna um uh harvest nomak for his blood and they just the doctor like straps on a freddy krueger claw he's <laughs> like what what was the scientific application of that i didn't see them attached to anything so they're just I, yeah, like it's just, weird metal claws he put on just gonna tickle them with those things i just imagine the doctor's like we have to put on the costume. <laughs> yeah. The doctor's also German, apparently. Yeah, that's, well, you know, Nazis. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the the introduction to uh, Nomak, and uh, the, I, I forgot, like, how late it is before we see, like, the, the jaws open up in this movie, like the, the mm-hmm. Reaper-specific monster type. I thought it was, like, right off the bat. So it's interesting that, like, w- we, like, see that there's something out there hunting vampires but they still hold back on like no it's like even scarier than than that yeah i don't think i have anything in these first couple minutes to talk about other than that i think that is a good catch that we don't see nomak's jaws opening up i really like the nomak being like scared in his chair scene and then it turns into him kind of historically laughing i mean you kind of know during the opening of the movie that like there's got to be some setup like who the villain is But I think they do a good job when they're walking. You know there's something wrong with Nomak when she's asking him the questions, but you don't know that he's the monster. Yeah. Like, you th- you think that he's got some sort of, like, weird tainted mm-hmm. blood or something, maybe. I, yeah, I, I mean, know. he's coughing. He but, seems very ill, so he, he looks vulnerable as he's going in there. Uh, I really like the kind of recap scene mm-hmm. that we get about five minutes into the movie. I feel like these are just now a staple thing that we get in films, that we have the five-minute... Oh. Or the little intro, the little intro recap. I, guess, I mean, I, I guess but, you don't see a lot with voiceover just so directly being like, hey, here's the things you gotta know. <laughs> this was up. You thought Whistler's dead. Now he's fine. He's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. But just the, the first, I think, 10 minutes of this movie are kind of awkward. And I think the movie really starts to hit its pace after we start to get a little further into it. But the first, I, I don't even think it's 10. I think the first seven minutes five minutes of the film really are kind of awkward and you're just like eh, i don't know this movie seems like it's gonna be okay yeah are you talking about like the blade blades fighting those vampires at the beginning or before that the that's when the movie really starts to okay. pick up and the movie at the beginning you can tell it has some style yeah. but i think when you start to get more blade fight scenes and we get a little further into the movie the style really develops into something like really cool i think by the 30 minute mark you're very invested in this two-hour movie yeah something i noticed in that first fight scene with blade is he has a red liner on the inside of his coat now that's not in the first movie 
And I thought it was like a cool callback to like Blade's got two two parts of him: the human part and the vampire part. The vampire part on in the inside of his <laughs> if him. Yeah. Or it's just chilly. He's just getting a little cold. But they did update his costume mm-hmm. a little bit, which I noticed and was cool. Yeah, uh, apparently a whole new set of sunglasses as well. If you if you you had to keep up with the times with the That's sunglass true, yeah. game and movies. Movies in the early 2000s were all about yeah, the cool sunglasses. Like he's going to be wearing some shit from 1999. No, thank you. Not not played. <laughs> do you speaking of sunglasses in that air? Do you remember the Oakleys that went over your head? Oh yes, yeah, I know what you're talking like about. Like over yeah, the yeah, top yeah, yeah. of your head. And they, they, get, they got like I'd some see attachment that kind of goes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd see them all the time at Beaver Sports <laughs> when I'd go into Beaver Sports as a kid to like get a new bike chain yeah. or whatever. And I always thought they were the coolest thing, but looking looking back at it, that was so fucking yeah. early aughts. It's I mean, the... imagine seeing a human being wearing that now. You would cross the street <laughs> to get away from that person. <laughs> you know, I've I've heard Jinkos are coming what is, back. A what? Jinkos? Jinkos? Yeah, Jinkos were like. Do you remember those uh, denim pants? Like the denim version of a parachute pant. Mm. Oh, with like just super super flared bottom. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. And the wallet chains would like almost right, touch right, the right, ground. Right, right. That's coming back. That's, I I don't understand this world anymore. <laughs> like we made a mistake once. Why are we Why are we returning to it? I don't understand. <clears throat> yeah. So, anyways, something else I appreciated about this movie is that it does feel like it's set in Prague. It's not like a movie where they like found a couple scenes in LA or New York City that kind of look mm-hmm. European. It's like the movie feels like it's set in Prague. I mean, it is set and shot yeah. in Prague. But they don't try to like hide that that's where they're yeah, at. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm I mean, I would not be surprised if they were kind of cutting some budgets by filming over there, but it is nice that they like yeah, didn't didn't try to address it for something else or didn't pretend to, uh, anything. They've already set up the world where it's like, yeah, vampires uh, are in control all over. So, why not have this one be in Prague for speaking of why nots why was the walking dead guy in this movie? Little, little baby Norman Reedus just just starting out Is, was walking dead no, out no, by this, it, what, no, no it wasn't out walking by dead wasn't until like uh 2011 10 11 10? something like that yeah yeah so this was a while before he he was in there yeah I couldn't remember his name I just I have him as walking yeah, dead guy he's He's, uh, he's not bad in this. He's, I mean, he really walks that line between like annoying and somewhat endearing. Uh, he's oh, pure really? annoying. You, ne- for me. you never warmed up to him. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Right. I hundred percent agreed with Whistler from like the first scene where Whistler and him interact, and you can tell Whistler thinks he's a little shit. To the final scene with him and Whistler yeah. in it. All right. Well, maybe maybe I, I'm just I've got a soft spot for for that. That era of time, I guess. Um, I, I found him, like, he's annoying, but he seems, like, relatively useful enough that uh, when his spoiler betrayal at the end is... Uh, I think the first time I saw it, I didn't see it coming. Although I, I did notice on this watch, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but um, there's a scene early on where he's, like, rubbing his lip and the chin. And uh, you find out later that's where his little tattoo for his familiar mark is on the inside of his mouth. And I wonder if that's some foreshadowing that they were putting in. I don't know. Doesn't he also... He has a little facial hair thing there, yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he? so. Yeah, he might... This be. is like the big soul... This was a big yeah, soul yeah. patch era. I mean, it's, it always is, baby. It's always, That's always coming back, the soul patch era. 
(laughs) (laughs) The visible disgust on Uh, Kevin's face right now, folks. Something I really love, too, is that Blade was planning on killing Whistler with Blade's old pistol. Because Blade has new pistols in this movie. Oh, yeah. So I thought that was a a nice little, you know, kind of a callback to the first one that Blade has his original pistols that Whistler made for him. Yeah, I assumed it was the one that he gave to Whistler to use on himself in the last movie, yeah. Yep. Um, I... I like when then, he opens the door and sees that Whistler is uh, human again. He has just like the tiniest little smile. I I really like to continue the discussion about like how emotionally stunted these men are, and like how that's like he's just got his father figure back, and like the most he can muster is just the teensiest little like all right, cool. Yeah, Blade. The thing you have to remember is Blade yeah. is too cool. I have a lot of notes in here that are just Blade is so cool or some it's, variant and I, of that. I know he is. It just hurts my heart that like these two men can't express their feelings to each other. I just what what would Blade expressing his feelings be like after he's already murdered his own mother? That's true. Remember, you have to remember that Blade one he kills his own mom. And he's like <laughs> fuck you, bitch. I mean, she she just like, tried to make out with him like right before. It's, that was a very confusing day for him. <laughs> So I, I don't blame him for being yeah. emotionally stunted. I feel like given given Blade's backstory, it makes sense. If, if it was like Blade had loving parents and he spent a lot of time with Whistler, with Whistler you know, bouncing <laughs> him on his knee and telling him how yeah. great he is. Instead, Whistler's like, you <laughs> fucking pussy. You couldn't kill your own mother the first time you saw that bitch, huh? <laughs> when, I was, when I was born? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't blame him. I mean, I like that because then the flip side is you have the, the father that's like too involved with his kids and vampire daddy who's manipulating his yeah, kids through their emotions. And at least at least Blade, you know, Whistler's yeah, not doing and that I, to Blade. Yeah, you definitely get the impression that, or maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like Whistler would uh, sacrifice himself for Blade. Vampire daddy, mm-hmm. quite the opposite. He intentionally puts his children in harm's way. And I mean, we see Blade breaking his rule about always killing vampires when he rescues Whistler yeah. instead of killing him. You know, it gives him a chance to turn back to human instead of being like staking That's him true. right there. Yeah. It's, yeah, so I guess there, there's definitely those subtle hints that about their relationship. But just, you know, it's it's weird to go through this movie and then they don't even like, it, like, I really missed you or like gave each other a hug or anything at the end. It's, it's still so steeped in testosterone. I... I think they do do a little reference to that where Whistler's like, oh, you you broke your rule and you couldn't kill me, you pussy. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's the, the kind of closest yeah, we get to like any sort of, yeah. yeah. But again, it's played. He's way he cooler is. than you and yeah, I. I. I would never if suggest we, otherwise. If we went, if we were in this movie, Blade would just be constantly yeah. bullying us. Yeah, and, and that's fair. That would be our primary role. That's fair. So, speaking of cool-ass scenes, the vampire yeah. ninja fight scene is Great. fucking badass. Loved it. I I love the classical feel of the shot. I love that it's a lot of kind of mm-hmm. lateral, left-right, and that there's no yeah. shaky cam. Because shaky cam is stuff that we see all the time. Shaky cam and like really quick cuts to kind of hide the actual choreography is something we get all the time in action movies. And it is nice to go back and watch some of these movies that just don't, don't do it. They're yeah. just like, fuck you. We're gonna we're gonna let you see the whole fight scene and like have a good idea of like the position. Yeah, they, of the they really want to show off like they put work in this choreography, 
and and setting the the scene and staging this whole fight and it really shows that they like put the care in there i love that blade like leaves his sword in the case for most of it or the in the sheath for most of the uh fight at the beginning because he's you can tell he's kind of like testing out the person seeing what's happening um the at the end it does get undercut with some shitty cgi this is just mm-hmm. an era like the matrix sequels and the spider-man <laughs> movies had this too where it's like it like the models look fine but it's just the movements are so gummy and and like not um they don't have any weight to them before i comment on yeah. the the cgi i want to just say donnie and yeah. choreographed it, that fight scene. it's fantastic uh, I looked up, I got some Blade facts, fun facts that I'm going to be sprinkling in throughout okay. this recording today just because while the power was out, I was like, well, I might as well just read the Blade Wikipedia yeah. and IMDB. I, I did and that too. So I'm, I'm, enjoy, enjoy the bask I'm, of my cell phone inches away it. from my face. <laughs> so yeah, I there there are some scenes where the CGI is yeah. great. You can't even tell there's CGI in it. I think a lot of the scenes with Reapers, they didn't have a lot of extras mm. on site. So those were all CGI, mm. like the big That's Reaper hordes. Um, and the, the effects when the vampires and Reapers die, yeah. I think, age well. I mean, you can tell it's CGI, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not glaring. But man, when Blade does like the front flip yeah. move during the ninja fight scene, it yeah, looks it's weird. Just some of those times when it, it's people moving... And it just, it does not look natural mm-hmm. at all. And, I mean, it's just limitations of the time, I guess. But it, it's unfortunate, especially in that ninja fight scene. Because it's, it's, like, so good, I'm so into it. And then it ends on this goofy little CGI thing that's it's such a, uh, like, wet fart of an ending for me. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And, I mean, the... The acting in that scene with the the vampire ninjas taking their hoods off and revealing who they are also kind of shaky. I feel like the only people really putting in effort into acting in this movie are Nomak, uh, Blade, Nisa. the sister Nisa, 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 yeah, Nisa, and uh, yeah. Vampire Daddy. I think Vampire Daddy actually does a really good job of coming across as like this old terrifying living statue with his makeup and just like mm-hmm. the way he moves being so stiff like he really does feel like he's 2000 years old when you're yeah. like seeing uh, him on I mean I'd, I'd argue some of the side characters know what movie they're what kind of movie they're in and so yeah yeah are are kind of yeah. playing a little more broad a little little bigger and a little more having a little more fun but like Ch- Ch- Chupa I didn't think Chupa did a good job with the yeah. few lines that Chupa gets uh, Ron Perlman, I think, does a pretty good job of coming off as like kind yeah, of a cartoon I, I mean, character. I'm a huge Ron. Perlman I think Ron, fan. but uh, so I, I just, still should not nary say anything bad about him. But um. so I think the difference is, is that Wesley Snipes is like a full package actor. He can do comedy. He can do action. He can do drama. Uh, I think that he can do physical comedy really well. The scene where we get with like the Dirty Dozen assembling the vampire crew where Wesley Snipes is like, hey, watch this, yeah. you know, flipping the mm-hmm. thing around and then slaps Ron Perlman. That is great. Just great, great acting, great body, great physical comedy out of Wesley Snipes. And I feel like Ron Perlman only does like Hellboy as his character. He's just, he's always been Hellboy yeah. in all of the movies he's done. And that's just like what he does. He's like, he's 
a role yeah, a I mean, typecast he's, he's, a, he's a character actor, actor. I, I think is what you call it. Definitely, he's got a certain look to him, and I think that has landed him a lot of roles where he plays the gruff guy. Um, he's just not a you know conventionally handsome kind of guy, so he he's got that kind of bruiser, kind of tough guy. The most charm you're gonna get out of him is kind of like in here. He's got like some sarcastic stuff. Even though his his character is supposed to be pretty deplorable, because his first line out of the gate is a racist comment towards Blade, <laughs> so you're definitely not supposed to like him. Something. Something else I found out he's, he's only like five ten. He? Really, he's a short king. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he wears a lot of lifts in his movies, and Del Toro has worked with him so much that he just knows how to shoot him to make him look like he's taller. Huh. He's the same height as oh, Del Toro. Yeah, I definitely thought he was over six foot. That is, you have just cracked my mind no he's a half. he's a short king yeah, he'd be struggling <laughs> yeah. on tinder for that reason and that reason alone <laughs> so um what did you uh, think I of nomad was great i uh yeah i i like the it's a new kind of threat for blade i like it's a very physical one i never in the last movie never quite bought uh deacon frost as like a threat up until you know he's a blood god interesting thing, but see something something i liked about deacon frost is he didn't feel like he had any yeah. redeeming qualities about him like the only thing that deacon frost does that's like you're just like yeah i vibe with that i understand your frustration on this one is when he's complaining about like the yeah. older vampires holding them back and that you know the the young bucks uh want to change the way being a vampire works and that's something that's like I feel like it was probably palpable then uh, with Gen X and boomers and it's still really like it resonates yeah. a lot with a lot of millennials. Um, but Nomax, something I liked about him is like before we get the BDSM Vampire Club mm-hmm. House of Pain, I think it was called. Before we get the House of Pain scenes, we see Nomax like he's only feeding on kind of the criminal class yeah. of vampires, like the vampire drug dealers. So I do like that Nomax is a villain but at least it feels like he has some yeah. real kind of morals and and i think we that really comes through at kind of the end of the movie where nomak has made a lot of the kind of like conscious decisions with who he's turning into a reaper mm-hmm. uh like henchmen of bad guys or like vampire drug dealers and nomak i think in the end totally redeems himself as far as like a villain and he does become like a much more yeah. ambiguous character than yeah than we're kind I, of initially like led to believe uh he's a bit more complex than maybe you would expect from this kind of movie and like he doesn't seem to even care that the other reapers are eliminated it's like it's like this was never my plan to take over or anything it's like i'm I'm just getting revenge um although that does complicate things a little bit at the end where it seems like he and blade should team up like i yeah it 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 seems like he's in control of himself enough that like he could work with blade but they just kind of fight at the end because there has to be a fight at the end and it's a rad fight but it, it well, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah it's a rad it's a rad fight i think i think part of it is because blade interrupted his plans and i feel like nomak probably would have disposed a, a vampire yeah. daddy faster had blade not been around to interfere so i kind of understand his frustrations with that and it's maybe maybe we just missed some dialogue during the house of pain fight yeah. scene where they're like fighting on that catwalk um, maybe there is some real tension there because Nomak, while he is like this corrupted Reaper vampire, he still doesn't like Blade because 
Blade is what yeah. pushed him to be created. Because uh, Vampire Daddy was trying to solve the problem of Blade by mm-hmm. genetically engineering new vampires. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess but, we're supposed to understand like he's not going to stop after this. Like, and, but it just like mm-hmm. from everything, all the things that we see in the movie. My impression is like he he could kind of rein it in and only feed on vampires and help Blade if he wanted to. But we, for some reason, they like don't even discuss that. They just go at it. Something I want to ask you about too is: Did you find the vampire BDSM like extremely terrifying? With them just like, there's the scene where Blades walking past yeah. the person having their back cut just open and like their organs yeah, worked on. I mean, look, man. Yeah, uh, I'm not here to. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Here I'm to barely into shame, human BDSM. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine being like, well, I'm immortal, so I might as well get my spleen pierced. Like, uh, well, I think. Part of that is that because vampires are supposed to be like uh, sexual deviants or degenerates or whatever because they're mm. immortal. They've kind of like yeah. run out of pleasures to experience. And I think that's something that's always hinted at that with them is that because they're immortal, they've had regular <laughs> vampire sex so many times that they need to find like more and more extremes yeah. to kind of get their like, vampire look, rocks off. Job, all right? like, I can just fuck all the time. <laughs> VD is not a problem for me, so I've done it all. But this, these scenes were are kind of really where I started to really pick up that I felt like Del Toro really loved this movie because he got to do everything he likes to do. He got to do some like real horror, some real shocking stuff, um, some clever use of effects with scenes to like make smaller scenes or smaller smaller locations feel bigger. And so this that was about the time where I really sort of pick up the like I think Del Toro yeah. really loved working on Blade Two. I think that he <laughs> was just so, yeah. like I, I into think it, it. it got to scratch a lot of itches, and I mean, I'm sure to have the chance to do a pretty mainstream, probably I mean decent budget movie, and like still put all his kind of crazy gross monsters in it. I'm sure it was just a, a dream come true at that point in his career. He also yeah. really just loves vampires. And so there's a lot of stuff in here he got to do where I read like a little bit of an interview with him where he talked about how he's been obsessed with vampires since he was a kid. And he's read all these like different books about vampires from around the world. And apparently in the vampire club, there's a scene where a vampire gets cut mm-hmm. down the middle. Oh, and yeah. then the vampire scurries up a wall with his organs hanging out. And that's supposed to be a reference to some East Asian vampires that wow. he really like has been obsessed with. And so I think it's cool how Del Toro also got to just work in his love of like obscure vampire lore into yeah, this movie with like the designs of the Reapers. Who, like, it feels like he, his brain latched onto some things as a kid and he's just been <laughs> turning that over in his head for 40 years. Speaking of, of that one vampire, uh, he, like, just cuts through his own dick to escape. <laughs> Donnie Yen. That is bananas. Well, I guess if the only, like, pleasure yeah. you derive in life is drinking blood... What's this for, you It know? just kind of becomes yeah. like a... You know, your pink... <laughs> yeah, it's like cutting your hair. I don't know. I couldn't imagine doing yeah, that to myself. I, just if those are um, my options, like that, or be beheaded by Don the end, bring it on, my friend. Just 
they don't no, the reapers don't, don't die from being like beheaded right because we get a yeah we get another scene of them a little later on the club mm-hmm. where the one gets his head living, like yeah. split in half and like the yeah the other half of his head that's around yeah. is still like you know blinking it would have been i think it would have been kind of funny and grotesque if they worked in like a little a weird little tongue action mm. where it's like blinking yeah. and the tongue's like flailing like trying to eat someone <laughs> Like flailing so menacingly, kind of scoot it into the sunlight with their foot. That Some, something else I liked mm, is that the yeah, reapers their, feed like ticks. Tongue. Yeah. Did you notice that they have like the little sacks that, yeah. that inflate on the back? Yeah. Gross. Gross. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. That's what the secretion is supposed to be because ticks eat and poop at the same time. I don't know Do why that. I'm scared to say shit. Ticks eat and shit at the same time. Because they're filtering out the bad part of the blood. Mm. That's what their poop is. Their shit. Tick shit. And that's what's happening with the Reapers. When Reaper is eating Lighthammer. And he's got like that gross ooze coming out of his back. That's like the the junk from the Lighthammer's blood. (laughs) Fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah. uh, Let's let's talk about the blood pack. And uh, those those characters. Each with one distinguishing trait. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it's the Dirty yeah. Dozen. It's the I, Vampire the, Dirty Dozen. The vampire Cruise we scene. mentioned who, who uh, gets turned uh, is Priest, the Irish one. And I love his only trait is like he has a brief tirade about uh, mud, like mudblood vampires. Yeah, more. I feel like we commented on this last one, but the weird vampire racism yeah. of the pure bloods and the impure bloods. Mm-hmm. And like the weird Nazi really, imagery really in this home. one, it's just I, like, I like... Mm. <laughs> the vampires really are stuck in the forties for their aesthetic. Like, talking about all the disgusting, like mixed blood or not pure uh, blood vampires, and the one he's talking to, the guy who plays Cat from Red Dwarf, is just like giving him this face of just like, oh, dude, he's, it's like very much like if you heard someone just launching your racist tirade and you're like, oh fuck, that's what you're, ta- <laughs> that's what you're about, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for him to be like, well, I mean, come on, man, you got to go with the vampire times. Yeah. You know, we accept the turned as, uh, yeah, look, you know, vampires, just like purebloods. Keeping things pure is kind of, it's, it's going to lead to defects. We, we don't need to talk about it. Have you seen Vampire Daddy, though? He does not look healthy. Like, that's what pure blood gets you. <clears throat> yeah, it's the the yeah. weird vampire racism popping up again. I can't remember probably. if there's any in the third movie. There's probably some. I feel like it's something they keep like keep swinging back around yeah. to. It's like we gotta work I, in the I vampire also love, racism. Uh, the, the character Lighthammer. It's like integral to the plot that he is bald and has a chin tattoo, because <laughs> that's the only reason it can cover the fact. He yeah, full face. He but it chin. covers he has up like the scar on full his, on, on his like chin. lower face. So it's it's like the, he is uniquely perfect for hiding that one infection Mm -hmm. something else that we get around this scene is a really cool fight scene between nomak and blade i really Mm -hmm. like that fight scene i like the kind of comic book feel where there's a scene where nomak and blade are falling off of scaffolding and nomak is punching blade while they're like falling through the air I thought that was a really cool little like comic book touch. It's enough to remind you that this yeah. is like a yeah, I, I think comic book movie. Like we talked about, like there's definitely a style to the fight scenes, and they each kind of feel unique and, and choreographed with with certain care. And 
this one I thought was very good because, it, like I mentioned, it's it's Blade kind of meeting his match for the first time. Um, like he, you, we've seen yep. him like cut through vampires without problem, and now this guy, this one person, is like go trading blow for blow for him. It's it's it was just a nice kind of change of pace and and really raise the stakes of the movie. Yeah, I think even in the first one, whenever he fights Frost, it's like clear that yeah. Blade is a better fighter than Frost. I think even in the final fight scene of the movie, Blade kind of owns Frost, and the only thing yeah. keeping Frost alive is that he's a vampire god mm-hmm. at that point. He's just relying on with like his turbo regeneration. Power. So it's like, mm-hmm. so then we get the autopsy scene about an hour into the film, and I thought that was a really cool thing. Yeah. Del Toro. Really so. seems like autopsy scenes. I think any time I feel like you get a lot like of them in his movies. Some weird, gross, like makeup creation. I think he's all about it. And like this one, you can like do it lovingly and like slowly with like lights on it and everything. Well, it's something that was cool about this one. It was a good way to establish lore of like the Reapers being radically different mm-hmm. from normal vampires. Like they have the extra bones around their heart. <laughs> they have the sphincter's yeah. mouth in their stomach that they feed off of. Mm-hmm. Like the blood just pours into their gut and it gets yeah, squeezed through I, or sucked through a sphincter, a, weird, a butthole. Weird choice of a look. I mean, but it's it's super gross. Uh, but it, it does make him seem like a, like mm-hmm. a real parasite and, living inside them. Yeah. Well, and that's that was such a cool line because Lighthammer's like, "Oh, you, yeah. you filthy parasites!" When he's fighting that one uh, Reaper one on one. And then you get the fact that they feed like yeah. ticks with like the big blood sack on the back that inflates. Oh, that's right. Um, they have the neurotoxin to paralyze their victims so they can feed easier. And then they have like this weird mm-hmm. organ layout in them. And so I, I think it does do a really cool job of like, you know, we get a, a dialogue line that like kins of them being parasites and different. We get shots of them being different. And then we get like a medical explanation yeah. of like how they're different they, and why. Yeah, it's and it, the information is kind of given out smell and, and like it's not like top loaded at the beginning where it's like here's what's up with these vampires it's kind of like we we see them we we can like see yeah. the evidence of them being the threat and then they kind of peel that back and see why that is and and something i think is i mean this is such a dumb observation to make but it's like if this was a different director the information would have been delivered to us differently but since i think del toro really loves horror and i think he really loves finding like scientific explanations for horror especially i think he does a good job of like delivering it to us with an autopsy like giving us an explanation of like the physiology of these vampires or of the reapers so then the next scene that really stood out to me was the uh, gearing up scene and something that i noticed about this was it feels like it's a single shot but i think it's maybe two or three cuts in there and they just hide them by having like a uh, something pass in front of the camera really close, like a swipe to black. Uh, so I thought that was a really cool scene. I mean, it's just a standard gearing up scene. I don't think there's anything outside of it really that special aside from just the cool, the cool way it was shot with like Blade being on the catwalk above, looking down at everybody as the camera kind of pans around. And then we get the immediate cut to like yeah, being down on the ground uh, with them I mean, and we see them like fully geared up. A lot more care in this movie than you would kind of expect from 
from this sort of thing like uh, as a follow-up to <laughs> blade one you're kind of just like yeah yeah just get it out we set up the world you can just bog standard action movie from here on out but it, it definitely feels like they like took time and we're just like now we're trying to put our stamp on this trying to make this like a, like an enjoyable movie beyond just stabbing vampires in the face yeah 100 percent. and i mean it just it comes through with everything like i said earlier you can really tell that del toro yeah. love working on this film and i mean it's just like some of the fight scenes we get later on in the tunnels uh fantastic like the tunnels feel claustrophobic and you're actually like scared mm-hmm. for the team even though you don't like these other vampire team members on there you do feel scared that their mission's going to end up yeah, as a absolutely. failure because they're like fighting in close quarters uh, against reapers speaking of, of them being down the sewers when blade splits them up in the team and just sends wesler off with two vampires like fucking of course they're gonna try to kill him man what are you doing mm-hmm. it's just like no surprise at all that and especially like those two vampires like of the entire team i feel like those like are you trying to get whistler killed yeah i i didn't that was another like we lose one of ours Blade <laughs> yeah. loses a partner to Blade's got one partner off. dude yeah. <laughs> like yeah th- there are there are 12 of you if you didn't put together that one of you maybe two of yeah. you are disposable you guys were assembled on the to team like, like come on man. Blade. like it was from Jump Street you weren't all gonna make it that was the plan <laughs> yeah yeah, all they missed was doling out red shirts to people to really <laughs> make it obvious that, the, that a couple of, the of them weren't going to make it. Things or the bigger disappointments to me for this movie is like we never really get a sense of the blood pack being that cool. Like they they don't, yeah, like they don't get a chance to be that or, like tight because they're up against these this new threat and stuff. And I mean, most of them are pretty unlikable or just kind of boring enough that. Well, it's like, just to go off what you're saying, something that frustrated me about this movie is we don't see Donnie Yen dying. It just, like, happens off screen. And it would have been cool to see, you know, Donnie Yen uh, fight Lighthammer, you know, the dude with the nimble sword and, like, great technique fighting the guy that's just, like, tall and Mm -hmm. brutish. I I think that would have been a cool fight scene to actually show. Very disappointing that Donnie Yen goes so quickly. I, I looked. It's... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I looked. It's not a deleted yeah. scene. It's not like the blood tornado from Blade One. <laughs> but yeah, it's oh yeah. Uh, deleted scene though I, in this movie is that, that apparently Blade and Nissa. How do you feel uh, about the Blade Nissa relationship? Because I don't buy it for a goddamn second. Um, I kind of buy it. I think that we get enough yeah. scenes like during this kind of uh, tunnel stuff that makes it clear that blade does care for her and like he sees some sort of deeper connection there they don't really explain what the connection is but i think they do make it obvious that like blade cares for her so it's kind of weird that they cut it out because they spend so much time like building it up as a do some legwork in the second half it's just i don't really understand how we got there and like when he he does seem to care about her so much and is like trying to protect her in those tunnels i'm just kind of like what 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 did she do that's so important uh or that so valuable well we have the we have the scenes of like after the light bomb goes off and it kills all the reapers where he's looking for her which i think like yeah like i said i don't 
I understand your point of what you don't yeah. buy the relationship because I, they don't really like, do enough time setting forced. it up. Like I, I know there are all those scenes where like he's he's trying to save her and looking for her and, and all that. It's just like I don't I don't feel like they did enough, or maybe it's just chemistry between the two leads wasn't quite there. Where I just like I don't get why like you you vampires are like your sworn enemy. You are not into them. I think. I think part of maybe what makes it work is that um, I think Blade. Yeah, we don't know what happened just to the lady from it's the It's been first a while one. for him, and so he met a lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he met a lady that was nice to him for once. Yeah, and I, I thought about it in the first movie, but he just latched like right one, on. Like, boy, his his place has got to just like reek of dude. Like, there's no way it smells like anything but body sweat in that place. <laughs> so just having a woman there who's not immediately repulsed must be just such a nice change of pace for him and before we jump on to kind of the final set piece in the film I do want to say that there's a scene in the tunnels where Blade drops like the light grenade in the water to scare all the reapers out that are in the water Mm -hmm. and he's like counting down and lowering his sword into the water that is a fucking cool scene the light bomb goes off, all the Reapers jump mm-hmm. out, and Blade's like... Yeah, for the, I, and he I fucking cuts them out. It's, that scene kicked ass. completely. It's so good. Uh, this movie... Like, there's a lot of scenes that could be dumb, but they, like... My, it's presented in just the right... Like, with just enough earnestness that it works. <laughs> My note at that scene is, uh, Blade is so cool. Semicolon. <laughs> light grenade. Sewer. <laughs> Cut so up. stunned, you just whatever free association. And comes all, out of your all I need are those. Head. Yeah, all. <laughs> yeah. All I needed are, were those three words to remember exactly what happens. Yeah, Blade gets. Captured. So um, we move on to the final set piece of the film, which, yeah, he gets taken to like this weird modern corporate facility. Yeah. The vampires love really raves. love like they smooth wine, modern them. architecture. They are very. They're very. F- <laughs> they're, yeah. very f- they're behind in their race politics or their blood politics, but they're very forward thing they thinking with their like architectural it's, it's, they're not good design. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and it's like the Nazis love classical style architecture. They were big into columns and like very ornate design. And maybe that was something that these the vampires were just like, you know, the Nazis <laughs> pretty, had pretty some lacking. good ideas, the but their architecture kind of trash. Update this a little bit. Yeah, we're we're spending all of our nights at raves. We can't come home to these boring columns. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. we need architecture as modern <laughs> as the music as we listen to at our raves. Mm-hmm. So this final set piece we get, uh, really disturbing shot with like Vampire Daddy yeah. revealing that like he's the architect of the Reapers yeah, after I all. About and there's like the tube of fetuses, vampire fetuses. Around. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe it is because they are little humans. But whenever you see like the shots of fetuses, it does always feel like really disturbing and terrifying when you see them, especially in something like so foreign as like yeah and he's just like picking one up vampire exact things that the like engineered living alien kind of but 
like alien but too technical or like scientific the way it's presented it's it's ugh. <clears throat> yeah it's this, it's this disturbing on like a deeply human level when you see it one. and i and that that scene especially i really creeped me out this time um anything else you want to comment uh, around the, no. the vampire daddy yeah, big reveal so. scene I, or? I mean it's it's not necessarily a, a surprise when he turns out to be a jerk but uh i don't know yeah it it's all right mm -hmm. this true, is this yeah. is when your favorite actor in the movie norman reedus <laughs> betrays everybody good. too yeah they, they, it's, it's the grand reveal I, I didn't, though did I did shed a tear write down Whistler's when he, when quote, he was the traitor? Uh, I was just starting to like him, and I said, yeah, kind of me too. It's, <laughs> it was like, I was warming up to him a little bit, even even though I knew he was going to betray him this go-around. I was kind of like, oh, he was all right. Was, I, could, I, I could see him. Is, is Whistler Maybe supposed to voice scene, the audience's I, thoughts in the movie? Is that his role? I, I feel like they're trying to put some mystery around Whistler about like where his loyalty lies. Yeah. Yeah. They, that's what the whole point is like the, the we had somebody Whistler, with you yeah. in the inside from the beginning. Yeah, so, it's like fucking Whistler. He's still a vampire. Cause there's like the weird scene of like yeah, that's Whistler disappearing when yeah. the Reapers it's, first show it, up as uh, well. Yeah. So I, I guess, I mean in that like <clears> once <throat> it's revealed who the, who the real traitor is and we're like, Oh, Whistler's cool. And, like, Blade's too busy fucking... He's about to be too busy fighting everybody. Like, he, Whistler's now our, our audience surrogate at this point. Well, Blade was... I, I mean, it's implied in a couple shots. <laughs> Blade true. was too busy fucking to really notice anything weird going on. I, I just... I want to do a quick callback. Oh, yeah. The scene in the tunnels, too, where Blade cuts his wrist to feed Nissa some blood, <laughs> he... Yeah, they wanted it. They, they both were, they were into down it. to clown in that. That was a filled with sexy ash. scene. That's <laughs> 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 an interesting way to describe sex. Down to clown. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's really, really yeah, so, you, caught you off guard on that. Sorry, one. I'm <laughs> I'm just thinking about down to clown. Yeah. <laughs> It did. Um, so, anyways, then then we start to get the uh, mm -hmm. Nomak Redemption arc with him charging the facility and freeing Blade. And there's a really cool scene of Nomak after he defeats like the first wave yeah. of vampire guards, where he's like feeding yeah. at the top of a staircase, it's and it's like of, supposed uh, yeah, to be like the, he's feeding on a mountain of, of bodies. Mountain. It, I thought I that was a really exactly cool scene. It's, it's just awesome. Oh, that's, well, <laughs> excuse I, me. Uh, I should say shot. That was a cool shot. So yeah. It's, yeah, the, for the, the listeners at home, you like missed me I, pressing my glasses because up we're my nose. Several thousand miles away, and I can't punch you in the goddamn face right now. <laughs> but no, that that was a cool shot of Nomak, and then like I do like that this is really where we start to get the big turn that Nomak was like kind of a yeah, not a one, villain. One thing I'm he's not like about, a anti-hero the whole time. One of those fetuses, and like born that way, or was he like? A, a regular vampire and then was transformed yeah. through testing. I think he was the first fetus and he was made with like direct okay. 
DNA from Vampire Daddy, and that's why he considers him his son. That he like took a took okay. a part of his own flesh and turned it into a new vampire. I yeah, I just I, I, I mean think I, I think Vampire Daddy like quite literally spells if, that out like, for Nomak us. Nomak was an earlier experiment where they were trying to just like map it onto someone, or if he was born from the fetus. The fetuses, yeah. How is she? Okay. No, I think his daughter is his only <laughs> pure child, like that he had with Coitus. <laughs> That's so um, much worse than Down the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Should I have said that Vampire Daddy was blasting ropes? You looked me right is that in the eyes. Said, should I say that vamp- Vampire Daddy unloaded some ropes in some woman's guts? <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree with you that when people describe sex and it's overly scientific, it somehow feels <laughs> yeah. dirtier than if they were just like, yo, he was laying mad pipe and blasting ropes. <laughs> I would way rather hear, imagine sex ed class where they just say blasting oh, ropes. Um, the fuck were we talking about? Oh yeah, no Mac. Uh, he was a fetus baby. Yeah, all right. Um. Vampire coitus. Yeah. <laughs> Any, that's, uh, okay. I'm done stepping on that joke. Anyways, um, yeah, Nomak, okay. I think, it's, was I a science experiment. I, I think his daughter was, the like, The relationship legit. he has with Vampire Daddy, it seemed like it was more, like, this was done to me, or, like, I, or maybe he, like, volunteered to do it or something. But, yeah, it's, I mean, I, 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 I don't think so. And I think you might be right. I don't that, think the uh, movie just, goes into that great a detail. But I think it's, I think yeah. this is a... I, I, there may be colored in yourself part right of the now, coloring like, no, book for this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the one the one blade head out there. So something else that was really cool, uh, another really cool, I should say, another cool shot yeah. in this movie was Blade rising out of that pool of blood <laughs> before we get the yeah. sick crystal <laughs> method song playing where he's fighting the vampire guards. Fight scene in this movie. Yeah, it's I know what you're. I know what you're talking about. It's so so good. It's it's on the nose enough that you know it was done on purpose to like really you know they're you <laughs> yeah. know that they were like this is gonna crank up yeah, all I, the I feel like this year old boys like, we fucking they're gonna be keyed up after right? this. Like you you've been with us up until now. You're gonna dig this music if we put it in this fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is the scene that when you see it as a kid, you crush your can yeah. of soda and you're like, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. it, it ends with such a cool cap off of Blade suplexing the guy like, through yeah, the I glass floor. Did that. What about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another, another little great like physical comedy also, scene from Wesley Snipes. Uh, I yeah. really, I really thought also that Ron Perlman's mm-hmm. dispatch was perfect. That he just like bisects him. So uh, yeah. That was such a cool scene. And yeah. then we get the fucking I, I sunglasses. Say, I love that, those like, sunglasses he catches it. Like, Blade's too like, cool, man. He's a fucking clown. He's a racist shithead, and he he just fucking gets shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Just. I mean, certainly mm-hmm. by this point, I was that 13-year-old boy just being like, fuck, yeah. Why did I ever doubt this movie? <laughs> I've I've been a fool before. I, you should have never doubted me about the trilogy. You say that, but I'm you're telling, also I'm going like, to be vindicated at the one. end. 
and I don't see how that could possibly be the case. I... Trust me. Trust me. You just go with me. You didn't. You were skeptical about the Blade Trilogy <laughs> to begin with, and here we are. You're like, yeah, this movie yeah. turned me into a 13-year-old. Like, <laughs> if only I could that's powerful this. stuff. <laughs> just... Because if there's one thing I want to be again, it's 13. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Nomad's Revenge. Um, Dad dies as a yeah, statue, which I thought was cool that he's like so ancient. He turns into a statue. I mean, yeah, so first wacky. of all, he already looks like a weird marble statue, like the way his makeup's done. And then when he dies, he just like straight up yeah, turns like into a statue instead of like Ash, like the younger vampires. I thought that was really cool. Have, like he's so old that he dies differently. Yeah. Yeah, like the weird green blood because he's like ancient. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Weird incest scene with movie, uh, Nomak and his sister. Someone. Didn't appreciate that. <laughs> Out of nowhere, incest sprinkled on top. <laughs> <laughs> Without yeah. a little incest. <laughs> yeah, we gotta <laughs> sprinkle it in. <clears throat> it's just a garnish on a Blade film. <laughs> Have you ever seen... It's really quick into, Have you ever seen uh, a fucking yeah, psycho eat the garnish that comes with food? <laughs> I had a friend who ins- I I used to have a friend that oh, would sure. insist on eating yeah, the garnish. Little, you know like when you get like a burger or, with yeah. steak fries and it would come with like that little, sp- 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 yeah, it would come with a little sprig. I had a friend that insisted on eating oh, that like after a, he'd finished like his meal. He'd be like, "Oh, no. this is like the little <laughs> the palate cleanser at the end." I was like, "I don't, yeah, no, I don't it's think for so." Show and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's cheap. Yeah, it's just like it looks nice on the plate. Everyone's plate. It's it's like net zero cost. Yeah, yeah. It's just any. Anyways, I just I don't know why that popped in my head. Mm-hmm. So we get the final fight scene: Blade versus Nomak, round two. This yeah. one was cool. Like I really like that. Again, it feels like a comic book fight scene. Like them destroying scenery. Yeah. Like Blade's head hits a pillar, and like the pillar explodes at one point. <laughs> just because um, just the it's cool like awesome. wrestling yeah. moves that get worked this movie, in for or this, no this scene also has uh, a few little kind of wonky CGI bits, but it, it's less detracting in this one, and it, it's there for a much shorter time. And I think maybe just like the lighting is better on mm-hmm. it. it. It just it it flows a lot better in the scene, and I, it's it's a definitely a satisfying ending. Even though, like I said, the whole time I was like, why aren't why aren't these guys just teaming up? It seems like. <laughs> yeah. Is Yeah. Yeah. Like I no know Mac, you said kinda bitch. mad that he Psh. killed Miss They do like a cool high five. I don't yeah, but I don't know. It it doesn't really make sense by the time you get to the end of this movie, you're like, you guys you had the same goal. You both wanted to kill Vampire Dad in the end. Yeah. It's yeah, I don't know. Like you were pretty much actively helping each other at I, the end there. I think I it would have been like a really clear right full now. redemption for Nomak if he had just uh, killed his vampire dad killed yeah. his sister and then like walked into the sun and was like Blade I don't I don't need you to finish me I'm, I'm already dead inside and like it's him committing vampire suicide at the end yeah yeah I, I definitely see that I, I think that would be like uh, emotionally more uh coherent ending 
But I mean, I definitely see how they're like, no, he's got to fight the super vampire. We got a cool <laughs> fight scene. This has got to be round two. Guys, yeah. we're, I, we didn't put the 50-foot elbow drop <laughs> earlier in because we were saving it for this moment. Um, something else I appreciated too about this is I feel like Nomak still does have a tragic death in the end. Yeah. Where he like gets stabbed through the side. He's like, it hurts, but it hurts no more or whatever his ending yeah. line is before he like jams it all the way in to kill yeah. himself. And he, yeah, he, I guess he does kind of have a noble like and, uh, uh, accepting his fate kind of thing. Of, of just like I'll, I'll go I, I'm beaten I will go peacefully into that good night <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to say the last scene is like Nissa being like I want to see the sunrise and Blade's like alright yeah. I, cool. I was done with you anyways let's do it yeah whatever man this wasn't going to work out no oh no 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 we're not for sure not like there's a scene halfway through where she's like, the only difference between you, is, you and me, is that I'm uh, like I accepted who I was a long time ago. I was like, no, you kill people for food. Like there's a difference. He, if you like start taking that serum, maybe you guys can talk. But no, nah, you're like this is not going to work out. Yeah, I don't feel bad for her when she dies. <clears throat> but I know, I know, something Wesley Snipes really wanted was like. Uh, a sex scene in a Blade movie because these are already, I think, all rated R. Th- this has to be right. There's no way this is PG-13. This is an R film. No, this is absolutely an R film. Yeah, yeah. The, these are they're already rated R, so it's like, why not let Blade have like a yeah. hottie vampire big titty GF? <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird that they threw back on that. I don't know if it's it, why why not the chick from the first movie. Yeah, she was a cutie. I, 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 yeah, I wonder why why she didn't come back. I mean, I, I mean, I understand she doesn't quite fit into this story, or it might be too stuffed at that point. But if if you're going to introduce it, a romantic subplot, I would think it's better to just keep her around. Well, and it, keeping her around would have made sense too, because she's like a blood doctor, a hematologist. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Uh, so it's like she can already like contribute to Blade and the Vampire Hunters little team as well, yeah. as being like a love interest that like. I mean, in the first movie, it seems like she genuinely does like develop feeling and feelings and care about Blade. Yeah, and it seems like Blade really cares about her. And I mean, the first movie I think does a better job with the love scenes than the second one. You mean when she's sure. making out with his mom? Is that, is that the scene you're talking? Yeah. About? yeah. <laughs> Let me close this Brazzers tab real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, no, I, I I feel like of all the things this movie doesn't do well. Um, the love scene, the, the love story, like subplot, doesn't go well. Yeah, that's, I, that's the one thing that I'd say. Like, I fully agree with you that it's just not good. It, yeah, I, I don't think it's quite there. I, I do wonder if uh, maybe any kind of like talk of a sex scene was nixed because it's pretty rare, especially up at that at that point, to see uh, a black man and white woman together in a movie. I mean, the sex scene was 100% nixed. There was yeah, yeah. one in the film. Not like a full-on showing penetration. Right, yeah. But like, <laughs> But like, there's a scene where like, Blade helps Nyssa in the tunnels, and then it like cuts to them back at her place, and Blade's wearing like a, like a robe. It's just like, oh yeah, they definitely had sex. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's possible that maybe that's, a thing a studio kind of balked at or of just like something they no i a lot of the cuts del toro said in an interview were just time constraints because mm-hmm. the movie's two hours long it is yeah and he said he said they only cut 15 minutes of footage from the movie yeah I, so I think, could you imagine could yeah. you imagine a nearly two and a half hour long blade movie 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I see, because I, I think this movie is is pretty tight and, and kind of fills out his runtime. I don't know if I'd perfect. call it tight. I, yeah. I feel like there's definitely, yeah, I think some of the stuff could have been cut out. Like, I don't know about you, but I thought the whole subplot of, like, the whole team was dumb. I think you could have just done that same thing with, like, yeah three or four vampires and, like, cut out the, like, we got the racist one. Yeah. We got the tattooed one. We got the one with the hot girlfriend. Yeah, I, I with the blood pack, I wanted either more or less. Like uh, the what less? Yeah, with what we got, I, wa- I wanted less blood pack. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if if they had if yeah dropped a few characters and given some more kind of like uh, growth or any kind of roundness to the other characters, I think it would have been interesting to see him my, kind of my... with these vampires. But they're they're so clearly just. To, uh, expendable from the start. My kind of issue with the big crew stuff is uh, you only get enough time to develop a couple people as like having a personality. So it's always like, why not just roll the eight other ones into the four ones you actually give a shit about and like have a really well developed sense of who they are? Because this isn't the first movie to do it. Yeah. I mean, another movie that does it is Den of Thieves. Mm. Uh, it's I haven't seen it, not really this yeah. action movie. Yeah, yeah. It's great. You should definitely watch it. It's a throwback action movie. But anyways, um, there's a huge team for the heist crews in that movie. But you really only get a sense of like what for. I don't even remember most of their names. Yeah. Like they, all their names get said like one time in the film versus the like four kind of main guys. And I just I'm kind of tired of the we got the crew together stuff and it feels like it's a relic of old movies that just has kind of like hung around that it, it you know it's the it's the cow no one's put out to pasture yet in film yeah versus being like hey here's four four people that can do it all yeah i, I mean i was gonna say that's all that the uh uh fast and furious movies are now is just <laughs> assembling that that dream team uh together from all and, their past. and vin diesel yeah. looking at the camera and saying family <laughs> yeah a flawless diesel impression that was so I, good <laughs> i have not seen anything beyond tokyo drift oh man uh i haven't seen two or four but five is pretty <laughs> solid six and seven are okay and then it kind of downhill from there also uh I've, chupa from this movie is in uh some of those movies i will believe yeah. you that they're good <laughs> I have I, no desire to watch them. That is the least convincing sentence I've ever heard you say. <laughs> you do not believe me for a goddamn second, you son of a bitch. I I can watch this, or I can watch more samurai movies. So Look, I'm not telling you what like to do. Me. I'm just like, the fifth one's kind of fun. Um, I think if you want to have a Fast and the Furious spinoff podcast from this, yeah. you'd have to do that with Sky. I'll, I'll rope them in. I'm sure. I think I think Skyler's seen all of them. I think he's a big. Uh, what do they call themselves? Fast heads, furious heads, or do they just call themselves family? <laughs> <laughs> Probably or familia. Um, um, we, I yeah. I I really don't know enough about Fast and Furious. Yeah. Uh, be, before we wa- wrap up on Blade Two, I want to. Just real quick, uh, are you familiar with uh, the website Ain't It Cool News? It's it's it was kind of early days uh, internet uh, geek website, and the, it's run by uh, or it was run was run by a guy named Harry Knowles, who has since uh, turned out to be a bit of a sex pest, allegedly. Um, Surprise! Yeah. But I want to I want to read just 
uh, some one of the opening lines from his review from this movie, if I may. Uh, all right. It. So, but having attended the world premiere of Blade Two last night, one inescapable thought crossed my mind during the movie. Ten to one, I believe Guillermo del Toro eats pussy better than any man alive. <laughs> Watch his House to Pain sequence in Blade Two. Blade Two is the tongue, mouth, fingers, and lips of a lover. The audience is the clit. <laughs> It gets grosser from me. This this has been a pretty graphic episode yeah. for us. I know we usually swear, but we definitely got to put the explicit about, one on there. Yeah, we've been talking about coitus and now finger blasting. But but so. check out that review if you want to see someone just lose their fucking mind in the written word. Um, it's not surprising that guy turned yeah, out to be a sex pest. I mean, I don't want to say all the signs were there, but. Uh, uh, I don't have, think I have anything else I want to say about this movie, but I do just want to say I will be vindicated in the I, end. Blade 3 goes down a lot smoother than you I think. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, I, I mean, another couple movies, go ahead. another couple trilogies I want to talk about, or I should say a trilogy I want to talk about. Rewatch Matrix trilogy mm-hmm. again. Man, we were way too cruel on Matrix 2 and 3. Oh, yeah. They're not as bad as people think. Matrix 4, by far the worst one of the oh, Matrix movies. I've not seen the new one yet. I I don't think I've ever been uh, really against the Matrix. I thought they were fine, the sequels. I don't... I, the thing is, is I don't remember, of all the movies, like have a cult following. I don't remember the Matrix cult fans when we were in high school being cool at all. Yeah. The kids who were, when we were in school, that were way into the Matrix, you were like, you are fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, did you did you have any friends that like really fell into the Matrix? Uh, I hole? don't think so. My brother got really into the, like the philosophy of it, but he wasn't like cornering me in my bedroom. <laughs> We're in a simulation kind of thing. He wasn't cornering you in your bedroom with his black latex trench coat <laughs> yeah, and sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. No, I just I had friends that were really into it, and I watched Matrix Four, and I was like. Man, I am glad that those guys are going to really be regretting their decision to like, really attach themselves to the <laughs> Matrix after seeing this movie. Um, other movies I've watched recently, Don't Look Up. I watched that earlier today. Fantastic. Oh. I had a lot of fun. It's like two and a half hours long, so yeah. it is long. I've heard mixed things about it, but I, I, I might check that out soon. It's very on yeah. the nose. It's not ambiguous what it's talking about at all, which is like... It's kind of refreshing because sometimes I feel like movies do dress up what they're talking about, uh, like yeah. Blade. I feel like Blade really dresses up. It's like, here are the two types of dad, according yeah. to Del Toro. <laughs> um, the emotionally manipulative one or the one that wants to call you a pussy every day of your life. <laughs> Somehow that's not the emotionally manipulative one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's woof. Yeah. It's, so it's just like, like I said, the movie's like very very direct of what it's talking about and having watched blade and having watched that or i should say having watched the full trilogy this this week and watched that it, it was like just nice to see like comedy films can be mm-hmm. punchy in a direct way just like action films can be because the, there is something like i do appreciate about the blade movies that they are kind of honest that like this is at the end of the day a dumb comic yeah. book movie and it does not try to dress itself up as in it, like being a deeply philosophical mm-hmm. film. It's like here are the two types of dads. Blade's cool. Uh, where we added wrestling moves yeah. to Blade. <laughs> That's the whole movie. 
what are we doing for the sequel? Creepier monsters, wrestling moves. That's fucking it. That's all we need. Whistler's back, baby. So since we're reversing roles, it's now my turn to ask oh, you, right. how do you think you would do if you were in the Blade movie? Blade, Blade 2. two. Uh, I I mean, I'd be like a more useless scud. Uh, <laughs> Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead. And that was like, I, I mean... I think I got this flashlight working, Blade. Is this anything? Um, <laughs> my my role would have been, I would have been in the Blood yeah. Pact. But when they were doing the introduction, I'd be like, hey guys, my red shirt is a little too <laughs> small. It's a little tight, It would have been, been me looking directly into the camera and saying yeah. that line. I, I would be like the guy giving the face to the one racist vampire who's just like, all these fucking mixed bloods in here. Like, ooh. ooh. What? What happened to that guy? He dies, but he's, when does he die? Does he yeah, die in that the first, first fight with the down. Reapers? He's the one who they like cut part of his head off and he gets burned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he goes like he yeah. he introduces his one character trait and then like all right, shuffle him along. No, no, oh no 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 not the racist guy the guy who gives the racist. Oh, oh no, look. he dies in the sewers. Um, he, in the water like they all the Reapers jump him. Oh yeah, down. he's with he's yeah, with yeah. Nissa. He's he's like, he's yeah, like her henchman, her yeah, sidekick. Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I remember his death. Yeah, that that is a good character to be. The one that's like, whoa, dude. Come on, bro. <laughs> and also because it's a black actor, we, it's just like you can tell he's kind of like you. You know who you're standing next to, right? Like, <laughs> I I like to think I like to think the vampires overcame actual yeah. racism very <laughs> totally early on, but the, but they but they never got over like the pure yeah. blood thing. That's like the big the big yeah. sticking point. It's like if you're if you're actually racist around vampires, they're just like, bro, we're vampires, but we're not <laughs> yeah, done with racism. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. yeah, that that would be a cool character. Anyways, I don't think we have anything else to so. say. I'd for sure Blade die. Is, the, is, Trilo- is my point? Um, um, what, what what is the uh, name Blade, of the th- Blade? Is Trinity. it Blade Trilogy? Yeah. Yeah, Blade Trinity. Um, Blade Trinity is going to be the next yeah. movie we watch, and I will be vindicated. I, I look forward to your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of The Horus with your hosts, Kevin Walter. and... I wasn't looking at the screen that time. <laughs> I caught you at the perfect moment. I saw your weak- I saw it. I was like, you smelled my weakness. Launch into it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you.